Lorena Junco Margain, and I'm so excited for this journey. We decided to launch this podcast to share my story with the hope that you could connect the dots of your life and truly be on your way. Today on On My Way, Lorena and friends gather to talk about how to listen to yourself, your body, your mind, and your soul. In part of the book, I tell my mom, because I, I couldn't wipe myself, because the first surgery was through my abdomen, and the second one had to be through the through the back, and they cut a nerve to enter under the ribs. So I, I couldn't have like a twisting motion. So I'm like, Mom, I, f- I feel so ashamed, but from you wiping my ass and or the nurse, like... I think I prefer you do it. And she was so like, honey, I've wiped your ass for years. Like (laughs) she was so motherly and I love being a kid again. You know, like it's so sad that we be, we become strangers when we grow up. And, and, and I just thought it's think of it as an endearing moment with my mom that no matter how old you are, you're always their, their baby. Or I have the blessing to have had a mom took care of me in that way. And I think my second choice would have been my mother-in-law, believe it or not. (laughs) It's just with a person, you know, it's something intimate. And I think that we should not shy shy away from that. With Eduardo, um, there's in Mexico, there's a culture of don't see them pumping that when you pump breast milk or when you just had a baby because you want to look pretty. And my mom was like, are you sure you want your husband to see you like that? And I'm like, <laughs> like I need to be practical, evolve yes. past that yeah. and believe that he loves me deeper than that because, you know, the presentation just changed. So yes. well, it's a little I'll, outdated. I think that that particular we have that, in, you know, many in, traditional cultures still have that. Yeah. But. But I guess it came from the times where there were always women supporting, you know, mothers and grandmothers, and which you are very blessed to have had. But, you know, a lot of people listening to this don't, will not have that yes. kind of support system. And gosh, you know, without your partner being able to wipe your, mm-hmm. you know, I can't imagine. I think that 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 is, you know, I know it's another form of surrender too. You know, yes. you got to let that I mean, go too. <laughs> the amount of um, whenever, you know, you walk on the hallways because it's good for your digestive system mm-hmm. to get back into the groove after the mm-hmm. anesthesia mm-hmm. and you need to fart. That's the good sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I noticed uh, lots of rooms are that the doors are propped open because they have no nobody. one, nobody. That are coming to visit them or be with them? So the nurses leave the doors propped open because there's no one there. So they need to be, have a visual. And I'm literally, I had to manage like, oh, now my sister, now my brother, now my friend. You had a guest book for people to sign. You had somebody. And and full of love. And, you know, so, and, and also for all of you people out there, please reach out if you need. That's one of my things. I told Renu, like. Part of my mission here is I want to be there for someone that needs the company. You know, I think all of us are lonely in a way. And I would love listening to their stories and I sharing mine. And um, the only thing I would change is that I did apply for that at the hospital and I had to get forcefully certain vaccines. And I'm like, but I want to help. And yeah, they're like, yeah, but you have to do this. And I'm like, why is helping sometimes so hard? You know, there's... But again, there's a liability and... What did you apply for at the hospital? To be um, companionship for the ill. Oh, like currently? Yes. Recently? Oh, the vaccines. Okay. Yeah. So you need to have the flu vaccine. And I don't do the flu vaccine. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And that was the only thing that held... Like, that was... That's a a must Mm. to be able to That's interesting. Yeah. And I think that by serving, by helping... I mean, with the baby from Heart Gift, the baby from Philippines, man, I 
I saw a miracle happen in my face and I'm like, bless the doctors. You know, they they save lives. They mm-hmm. they gave life to this two year old that was supposed to be dead. So Lorena, can you just say a few lines on that for those who are Yeah, they don't know, know the story. They yeah. don't know the story. Okay, so there's a foundation, it's Heart Gift Foundation. And uh, I learned through it through, uh, and witnessed it through a friend, Sarah. And they flew in a baby from Philippines. Uh, and the baby stayed with them for a couple of months. And you literally take over and take them to the pediatrician, cardiologists. They're like part of the family. And then you prep them for the surgery, drive. The, the mom comes with a with baby. So... When I saw the power and transformation that had on me by visiting their baby, I'm like, Eddie, I think we should do this for the family. And he's like, you're nuts. That's not (laughs) happening. So we went to the gala and, you know, the video and I just started bawling and who wants to be? And I'm like, me, me. So uh, <laughs> two months later, a baby from Philippines and mom, Mary, his name is Cedric. They came with us. And when I received them in the hospital, he was purple. And I'm like, Mary, we, I just met you, but it, is this color normal? And she told me it's the condition, you know, why he needs the heart surgery. So I put the rocking chair, the crib, everything in the guest house. And, you know, I was holding him and I just heard his breathing. And I'm like, trust your gut. And I'm like, Mary, this is not this is not normal. Let's just go to the ER. And again, I didn't follow protocol because normally you would call heart give. They would call the doctor. And but since I had learned through me, I just, bam, you know, boom, into the you the, got the lines and and they said uh code blue like he he was dying you know they st- stabilized him and he had a successful heart surgery his blood was so thick that they couldn't even uh draw blood imagine oh the God. condition of how So they he weren't was. supposed to do the heart surgery right then but you could tell that something was wrong I was like he it- was purple black you know like just his tongue was so dark. How far away were you from having this? When was he supposed to have the surgery? Like a month. But that wow. is that when they did the surgery when they had to stabilize him because he had so many he, complications. Yeah, yes, it was bit. one thing it after was, the other. It was a he was supposed to be here two months and mm-hmm. he ended up being here like four, like for a long. Yes, yes. And he had to because uh-huh. the conditions had to be just right for them to actually do. The procedure they ended up doing. They had to, uh, uh, yeah, thin his blood, you know, prep him for the But he surgery. wouldn't have made it to the surgery. If she had listened to her instincts. Had, yes. Yes. And it was just beautiful to come back. I mean, he was two years old and could, could barely sit like a, to- like a toddler. Mm-hmm. His legs were shorter than a baby's. His development was so He couldn't even suck from a milk bottle. He was just so tired of breathing right and right now and i'll share with you he dances he's like a monkey crawling everywhere loves running after the chickens and mary um the mom sends me like 10 whatsapps a day with (laughs) (laughs) um like the updates uh-huh. and l- and I and things. then Mary had a oh plus a mom had a miscarriage here oh <gasps> it was yeah <laughs> and I, I ended up having to, to go take to take her. care of her so anyway yeah. then she had another baby and I'm proud to share that I'm the godmother and oh. the and the baby's name is Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> is it a boy a boy Lawrence Lawrence Lorena and Lawrence oh my that's funny. Yes. That's that's so flattering. Yes. yes, I knew. And I remember that little boy's face right after mm. surgery. His he color, changed yeah. colors totally yes. from being blue, dark, dark lips to yes. have color. And and mm-hmm. the biggest lesson for me is that serving heals. Mm-hmm. Like right. yes. me being proactive in serving someone else. In, in his journey or on her journey, which 
she's as bravest mom I've ever met in my life. I mean, she had applied to every possible Asian foundation for the heart surgery and nothing, you know, moved forward. And she literally through internet found found heart gift. She applied to a foreign country and got it. And got it. I'm like, talk about destiny. Tenacity. And tenacity. Also tenacity, tenacity, you know, it's yeah. it's just the courage, you know. The courage. And, I always yeah. the image I get is that when we are, you know, when we are in a situation of great ordeal, if we could just have, you know, the eagle eye view of the whole situation, because normally what we see is a very myopic view. This is happening to me, but if you could just stand above and see the whole view, and you could see baby Cedric getting you know, getting that color in his face, I guess that would be the, um, that's the transformation, right? That's that's the portion of the hero, the journey in which we are on, where difficulties become our um, greatest assets. Totally. And, you know, we became, um, the staff at my house, we all became even closer. We were so happy. We tended to him. We took shifts. You're all on the same team. We were all on the same <laughs> team. Um and we didn't know, but four months later, Julio, who's Blanca's brother, my dearest companion, he thought he had COVID. And so he went to the ER and they said, no, you're actually severe arterial, whatever. And he had open heart surgery. And thanks to Cedric, we knew exactly the questions to ask. Wow. And I'm like, Julio. Remember Cedric made it? Remember he couldn't walk? Mm. You are going to make it. And he was like, this little boy had a message for us. I'm so right. impressed. The more time goes by, the more dots I connect. Yeah, they, do you see the gifts and the road he pavement for, for you and in other in another person, in another situation, in another surgery, you yes. know? So... The lessons were there, and you didn't believe along the way there were going to come situations where it really helped. And another thing I've learned, and right now that you talked about the eagle's view, <laughs> I remember you telling us, Renu, like every person, depending on their combination or structure or um, chart, karma, karma, <laughs> it depends what you see when you're on top of the tower. Even if there's a, you know, a landscape, you can go out and say, look at the mountains. And I would be like, look at the river. And some would say, look at the sky. And that's when the elements come back in, you know. Mm -hmm. Your perspective? Yes. So Renu taught me that. And I was so surprised because, for example, my, my family back in Mexico was like, Lorena, have you thought about the impact you might cause on your kids if this baby dies. So oh, that was wow. one view sure. in the tower. Wow. Sure. And it, uh, was, it was a legitimate view. Uh -huh. That didn't even sure. occur to me. Yeah, I and know. then... But it does occur to the more pragmatic... Right. Correct. You know, the ones and, who see the mountains. And, and it's and not And they wrong. were taking care of me, sure. you know? Right. And then I would have, you know, my husband, Eduardo, like... What am, what am I going to do with her? Like, do I come in the living room and I, do, I, do I sit with her? Or like, <laughs> he just needed to understand the dynamic in the family. And, and I learned also that I had to do what was what I needed. Yes. And it sounds selfish, but if you do it to please others, then you'll never do the right thing. And thank God it turned out how we expected, but I was open to the possibility of having to teach the kids about death if that that's what was needed to be learned. You are talking about how going through this experience was so healing. What I noticed is how your experience with your surgery, how that taught you to listen to yourself and what a difference that made and all of that. You had you could apply that. Totally. That you maybe would not have done otherwise. I think that for most of us, I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's this, the old, you know, all wisdom cultures teach the same. It When we really think about transformation that we all seek, you know, self-knowledge, it rarely ever comes from things going really well. 
if you look back at every yeah. time you've had any form of change or true true change, you know, where you part of you that needs to to go away has gone away in the sense that, you know, lack of self-love, for example, it comes through. It comes through. And that's if you look in any hero story, any good story that you like, you will always see the same thing. The hero goes through massive ordeal and then he's transformed. So you, then then he actually becomes a hero. We don't become a hero until we do that. And one thing that I always tell my clients is you you have to become the hero of your story, not someone else's. Correct. If their story Correct. is to climb, climb Mount Everest and yours is to go down the Amazon, it's a different story. Don't try to go up the mountain. Go down the river. Yes. And you, I, I remember you also telling me, Lorena, you were forcing a boat on the road. <laughs> Go in the fucking water. You know, like you're on the wrong road. You you need to embrace who you are, what you are, and 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 use your element, you know, for for it to and and that's part of accepting who you are. Exactly. And va and validate uh, your feelings and your story and that's yours. And it's important. It's not more or less important than mine or hers, but uh but it's yours. And yours is on the water. You need a boat. And, Correct. You know, so you're the sailboat. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the, the sailboat. And, you know, Eduardo is a, uh, you know, he's a, uh, I don't know, a, a, Race car. a big SUV, you know, very different. Yeah. And I think with the relationships is when we really, really run into these issues because, you know, you wake up and you see a river and he wakes up and sees mountains. It's a different story, but that is the reason we get into a relationship. Reina Junco Margain, passionate art collector, devoted wife and mother, is already shaken after fleeing Mexico with her family while pregnant due to concerns for their safety. After arriving in her new home in Austin, Texas, she learns she has a tumor on her adrenal gland. Although not life-threatening, the condition is serious and requires surgery right away. Having long experienced unexplained symptoms of dizziness and lethargy that neither medications nor holistic or Ayurvedic treatments have helped, she embraces the news with tears of relief. With a simple surgery, she can regain her strength and joyful spirit. But fate can be mischievous, and to err is human, even for surgeons. Rather than improve after surgery, her condition worsens. On the way to Casa Lotus is the gripping true story of Hunka Margain's journey coming to terms with the permanent consequences of a surgeon's devastating mistake. Mindful that even good people make errors and that vengeance such as legal action would not mend her broken body or soul, she chooses instead to embark on a quest for peace and healing, beginning by seeking space in her heart to forgive. You can get your copy of On the Way to Casa Lotus on Amazon or at LorenaHuncoMargain.com. You know, there was a lot in your book so that I could completely, that resonated with me because I had gone, I guess, ex just about exactly three years ago, my own pretty major health issue. Obviously, thankfully, mine didn't turn out. It didn't have that major plot twist where they removed the wrong body part, but, you know, mine went smoothly, but... There were so many things about listening to your body, which I now feel like I'm so much more in tune with because up until then, it had never been tested. I'd always been very healthy, had never had any kind of health issue whatsoever. And this just kind of knocked me on my butt, you know, when this cardiac problem was diagnosed. And so from so from that standpoint, and then just so definitely listening to your body and then just getting used to my new normal. I, you know, I think you made reference to that, and I refer to it all the time. And, and then the other thing is that element of PTSD. I cannot step foot in a—I mean, I feel totally fine. I'm assured that my issue is fixed, but I cannot step foot in a doctor's office without getting that sense of anxiety. My blood pressure goes up. My heart races. And, and I mean, it's—even my cardiologist said, you have PTSD. And I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, the body, the body this, remembers. Oh, you know. oh, my the body, body remembers. Oh, they cut you just up, talking right? about it, I'm getting hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's. It, but there were so many things that you touched on in the book 
that I could completely relate to. And it just even makes me a little teary because I sympathize with a lot of the things that you went through. It, it, it sparks that memory for me. And so from a lot of things, a lot of different, because I guess several different things that were in there that really, you know, made me. Were you not listening to your body or it was? Well, you know, it, my thing happened so suddenly. So, you know, I was totally fine. And then one day my heart started to race and I let it race like that for five days. And I just had no energy. It, I was so zapped, but I didn't go to the doctor until the fifth day, which looking back, that was pretty dumb because yeah. I got kind of lucky. I mean, I could have, you know, had a heart attack. I mean, when I went to finally went to the doctor, they said, who drove you here? And I said, I did. And they're like, no, you shouldn't have done that. Wow. And so anyway, it was I had a um, an atrial flutter and they were able to fix it and then got a monitor and permanently installed so that, you know, they can see the that my heart is functioning normally. But um, but as a result of that, I had I have to take medication to control the my heart, you know, regulate my heart rhythm. And so there's little consequence, which I I'm glad that it was fixed. I feel so lucky to even be here because like you, I had moments that I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, what am I going to do? I'm, I could die when I when they took me, you know, they're messing with your heart, with the electronic functions of your heart. And when they were going to take me back, I told Jennings, you know, take care of my kids. I was fully prepared. Yeah. And, and it's a very it. hard thing, too. To even talk about, yes. right? Yes, yes, because thought. the possibility, and and then even now, you know, it kind of makes you really think. None of us are in, are invincible. We could, we're here today. Could be gone tomorrow. I mean, like I said, this came out of left field. So, I, I sympathize with you a great deal, having lived through something nowhere near like you, because. You had a much longer journey. But it's and, the same feeling. But it's the feelings that it conjures I completely understand and can relate to. And I, I, it's hard to say I could have done it. I could feel what you felt having not had my own experience. Yes, I think that, um, you know, sometimes like, oh, it was the adrenal. It wasn't the brain. It's like, no, you cannot downplay Because no. the emotion that you feel is very personal and there's no statistic like, oh, okay, that's true. So I was only, it's only the adrenal, so I shouldn't be afraid. Like no. the emotional system right. is, is well, not smart in that way. And everything that Renu is saying about your gut, where the, sor the source of so many things is your gut, it's amazing how much more in tune I am with my digestive system now because... I can feel I can I can feel it now in my body the direct correlation if something isn't right with my gut my heart will race or if something wow, makes sure. me feel anxious my stomach hurts I mean I, it it is it's amazing I so now of course I really pay attention to learning about it and to taking care of it because I can completely feel the effects of one on the other it's incredible So I have a question You know, sometimes they say when there's a timing for you to die, you just, even if you move this way, the, the brick would hit you in the perfect angle. And, and then some people survive, you know, a building falling on top of them. And is, is that already written? Is it, I'm, I'm always curious about, like, if I say stay still, would it happen? Or is it fixed? Or how can we... I always have that that intrigue. How you do know. we beat death? Well, <laughs> but I think I think we we came with free will, so I think you just, I mean, you come with some lessons in your life, but you have the free will to sue the doctor or write a book. So that free will, I don't know. I think that's where you take your decisions and your path. That's that's what it goes one way or the other. And and maybe writing a book, work on forgiveness will give you more life and more years 
and more more happiness. And so the other the other path might make you more ill. So I don't know. I think the free will may be, have to be with it, don't you think, a little bit? I just don't think one plus one equals two sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that, you know, it's a very big question, free will or destiny, and especially in the work that I do, which is, it's strange. I'm, you know, again, as that's, those of you who are listening, you're not familiar with it, but it, this is an ancient system. It's been around for thousands of years. We use it in India daily. It's not a... Could you tell us the difference between the Western and the mm -hmm. Eastern, oh. like a base, so our listeners can understand? Yeah, just, you know, you know, astrology is astrology. Um, it has been around, it's the oldest knowledge-based system in the world. It's been around since, since humans started looking at the stars. Indian astrology, Vedic astrology comes, we believe, came first, And Western astrology is taken from it. The difference, the main difference is, of course, we use a different calculation. So you cannot use, if you're familiar, you can't use the same um, mathematical calculations. But the main difference is that we have a much deeper uh, predictive system. And it is, we have these ancient thousands of years old algorithms that can calculate technically, <laughs> minute by minute, how your life will unfold. And Lulu, that's where the big question of destiny and fate comes in. I mean, I was raised um, a very independent thinker with free will. I was not raised in a conservative family, a very actually almost atheistic Indian family. So this has been a really tough journey for me to see that there is, you know, to question this thing about destiny and free will. Now, traditionally, you can, Lorena, your question on death, if you, I have taken classes in what we call the sunset years and Yeah, technically you could predict death. It's not impossible. Um, in fact, that particular class that I took years ago, we had to calculate our, our own death date as the first thing. Oh. And because they're trying to free you. from. And luckily for all of us, it's so difficult to do that I hope I got it wrong. Um, <laughs> but I have personally no interest in that part of um, the astrological system, both East or West, in predictive system. Because if I, if you look at all the greatest wisdom cultures and mythology and scriptures, even the Indian, the, the, the mentors, the teachers, they didn't say, oh, this is what's going to happen to you tomorrow. They kind of gave you a clue, a broad outline. This is sort of part of your destiny like I did for you. I said, Lorena, you're going into a very difficult period, right? It's not for me to stand in your way. I don't know. We, you know, if I could have, of course, I would have Correct. stalled this. You know, and I did try to stall the surgery. Um, but you know, it was it rolls itself. So I always joke with my clients. I not only know what you should do, I know what you will do. So, Lulu, that's where we may part company a little bit on free will. But yet, I believe in free will. I think knowing the broad outline of your future actually gives you the free will for the first time. Because then you're you can't change course. If you you know, if you don't even know you're heading down a cliff, you can't change course. So I think this is a very, very big issue, a big topic, free will and destiny. And I think they are both, they're not one or the other, they are simultaneous. We simultaneously have no free will and we have all the free will in the world. Because I tell my clients all the time. I will predict you will sit here on this chair and listen to me, but you can jump up and down. You won't, yeah. but you will. You can. It's like having a roadmap, but not following the yeah. The, yeah. the road they so gave. So you have mm -hmm. that free will too. It's it's not, I think it's the Western, you know, uh, the more Western intellectual system is more, is it black? It's, is it this or that? In the East, we don't have this or that. It's always both simultaneously. You know, that's why Indians nod their head like this. Mm -hmm. If you ask <laughs> yeah. them a question, mom, is he saying yes or no? My kids always say in India. I love it. Yes. Right? Yes. Do you have French fries? I don't know. <laughs> it's because it's both. So anyways, I don't know if I answered your yes, question you a did. little bit. I touched on it. Yeah. Yeah. Which comes back to duality, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And duality like and the polarities we always talk about that, you know, it's it's rarely one or the other, the extremes. Um, and, and you see it practice this, you know, people, people believe it's completely my free will. It's true. You know, our ego, our sense of self says, I am the 
I am the master of this place. I can do anything. And you can. However, don't forget your genetics, your DNA. You don't have the free will to be as tall as you want to be. You don't have the free will to have straight hair, Lorena. So in that sense, if you go deeper, you also have pre-programmed karmic things within you which make you more emotional or more dry or more, you know, fiery. All that too, you come with. Is that free will? So it's a big question. Wow. But like we'll, you we'll, said, mm-hmm, but like you said, knowledge. I mean, knowledge helps you to understand all this. And that's when maybe the free will can be powerful to do the right, to go into the right change. So so knowing knowing more about yourself. Yes, self-knowledge. What, uh, yes, mm-hmm. self-knowledge and and all that all that information about what we're talking about, the 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 food we should eat. I mean, all yes, these we are things free will. is is our decisions were our decisions that take us to a better path, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, on the on the medical issue, I wanted to. I haven't talked about this. May I take a few minutes? This Please. is the first time I'm talking about it, guys. So, <laughs> last year, no, last year, this well, 2020. My husband and I. I have been an advocate for medical advocate. That's part of the work I do because people get sick, and I, you know, for my clients for a long, long time. So many people have held their hands through doctors' visits or whatever help they need because I I know a lot about. I mean, health, I know I can read scientific papers, I can read MRIs, I can, you know, I've learned to do that. But it's very different when it's on you. And and this is the first time I'm talking about it. It makes me so emotional. Thank you for sharing. Rena. It's it's hard. And but I too need to do what I teach, which is tell your story. Honestly, Lorena, you're so brave. I have trouble right now talking about it. But my husband in last last March of 2020, he was misdiagnosed. Six months to live kind of misdiagnosis. It was really, really, really bad. So here you, I am the advocate for others, and now it's my story. It is, I mean, it's horrifying. It is everything that, Lorena, you talk about in your book. It is a roller coaster. Your mind goes blank. You know, I was telling you, Lorena, I lose weight. I, I lost 15 pounds in the first two weeks could not eat. I could not drink. My husband's like, you know, I don't know. It's different constitutions. He's like, he's at work. You know, he's just working. And I am just furiously. Anyways, it's to cut a long story short, I finally had to, we were six days out to the well, radiation treatment, massive radiation treatment. And um, I just woke up in the middle of the night. Talk about free will. I, and I could, well, I also have his horoscope. I knew it was. I kept insisting something is wrong, something is wrong. Lorena knows. I was texting her yes, back and forth. we were texting I do back not and want to, you know. And, and then I just woke up in the middle of the night and I said, something is really wrong. I woke him up and I said, you go tomorrow and get an MRI done. And he said, are you crazy? It's, we've seen it. Anyways, finally, he, I insisted, you know, you can go get an MRI done. You get on the internet, you pay $45, you get a doctor who gives you a prescription. Wow. That's all it costs, wow. and it costs less than your copay. And you can wow. go get an MRI done. And that MRI came back clear. Mm-hmm. It came back clear two days before the procedure where they are flying a drug in from Australia, wow. which costs $60,000 because it's a, it's a, you know, and so anyways. And I remember they were always telling you yes and no. Like no, nothing was con- conclusive, Well, that was right? very in the beginning. But once the ball started rolling, they were telling us you are insane. I had actually a doc- doctor tell us that mm-hmm. we were out of our mind. A surgeon in Austin wow. called us and said, you are crazy. And I said, anyways, so then we finally drove up to Mayo and, you know, it was all clear and he's fine. But the point here is, was it free will? I think it was free will there because it the destiny there was so, I mean, it, there was nothing logical to say, Renu, we shouldn't go through with this. Like, you know, but something in my intuitive part of me, and I think that's when you develop self-knowledge, when you develop freedom from your anxieties and all the little things that you're caught up, you develop very strong intuitive instinct. It gets purified and your inner knowing knows. I knew something was wrong. I was texting Lorena and saying, this is not right. Lorena was saying, do you want to see our doctor in Mexico? And we saw Nine doctors, they all said the same thing. Wow. Nine, I have them all listed. And one, one, 
doctor. And my neighbor came over. I opened the door and she said, my uncle is a hepatologist in Mayo. Mayo. I'll call him now. So talk about the series of events. But again, back to the, you know, the original story. No, there's no apology. I don't, I don't feel, you know, there's, there's, it's just, it's just, it, and it's, an, I, don't, I don't know. I don't want to go into that, but I think it is free will. Yeah. That's where the free and, will comes in. You don't always have it. You won't always have it. So I don't want anyone to think that you, everybody can do this, but it was a series. And so maybe it was destiny. I don't know. I, and I also think that you were not the ill person. Yes. You were, yes. you, you were the guardian. Yes. So you were with clear thoughts. Yes. yes. And maybe Perfect, yes. he was a little bit in denial, so oh, pretending... He, was, he couldn't have done it on his own. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. And that's really the advocacy. And I hope the work that you're doing to be an advocate for people who've been diagnosed, to me, is probably just having somebody to listen to so your right. own intuition can kick in or or help or feel better. Or... And the importance of the, care, the caregiver mm -hmm. knowing that part of his role is making decisions... Because when you are drowning, um, you just want to, you know, pick, poke your nose out of the water. You're not seeing the whole picture of, I need to go to this hospital, that. And I think that your husband was very lucky that you yeah. dug well, deep. He, and It also speaks to not questioning authority, like the correct. issue you were saying. You know, you're, oh, the doctor said, and this other doctor said, and this other... And so, you know, you were going against what the authorities mm -hmm. had nine, already told you. Nine yeah. doctors. But she right. knew to touch, she knew how to treat her, trust her gut. That's right. But, but often, you know, not, people don't do that enough. I know I don't. You know, I also think. Or used to not. Try how would to do you know, how would you know to be an advocate for your own health or your husband's health or like for you if you haven't experienced this? So mm -hmm. I have not had a traumatic surgery or like your husband, but I've seen my grandmother go through 30 surgeries and my mom and my aunt have to be major advocates. And they've always said that, but I wouldn't know that unless someone close to me has had something like this and, say, and same for you, Renu, you mm -hmm. wouldn't have known if no. you didn't have all these clients or like well, how even do you... Lorena. Exactly. You so know, if I hadn't been through with what I have with Lorena, I wouldn't know. Right. Why would you ask? The diagnosis yes, is given. Yeah. Yes, you mm -hmm. assume that the, the diagnosis mm -hmm. is the right I, one. And, and yeah. you can learn from your from your family. I mean, you're, exactly. you don't have to go through. Even that happened to my son, remember? Mm -hmm. uh, he was diagnosed with Meniere's disease, which is you, you get all these uh, vestibular symptoms and you get these vertigo attacks and then you lose hearing with every, every episode. Mm -hmm. And I went to every doctor in Austin And I went to Monterrey and then in one, Mexico. And to Monterrey, Mexico. And one of my friends says, why do you take him to, to this doctor? I said, well, he, go, he gets invited to the Mayo Clinic. He goes to Canada and does these special surgeries down there. So he told me it looks like Meniere's disease, but you have to take him to this clinic, the house of the ear clinic in L.A., Is the best one in the world. They specialize in yes. this. Yes. It says, I'm, I don't have an answer for you, but go there. So he was the one that told me to go there. And one doctor in Austin, he told me he needed this treatment to inject steroids in his ear. I could have messed up his hearing forever with these injections. And of course, they were six to $10,000 every four, six months. And we were about to do it, this close. And I don't know. And what did they tell you? But, but my husband, something didn't click with my husband. It's like, no, we're not going to do this. And we were there ready with the doctor with, with the injections right next to my son. And he said, no, we're not going to do this. I'm sorry. And and it happened. He really needed need, need the shots at all. So... He so didn't it, need the shots. He didn't need the shots. And and we took him to L.A. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said he had vestibular migraines. He doesn't have wow. many years disease. And he had a, you know, he went through so much taking all these pills, like eight pills in the morning, eight pills at night. And then a low, low salt diet. I'm talking about a thousand or fifteen hundred thousand milligrams of 
salt, which is nothing for an athlete. I remember you talking about that and I, I'm like, you're talking in another language. Mm -hmm. But then I started noticing the amount of salt everything had. And you being like, if I go to a restaurant, I can't because mm -hmm. that, the, the salt and the salt. and Yes, uh, uh, I just what a piece of ham had 500 milligrams. So how was going to feed my kid with just bananas? So it was, it, it was, I mean, I, I've been in a different way, even with myself, also with the flu virus and I lost four babies. Also, you know, all, for me, I mean, I'm very afraid of COVID because I know what viruses can do for you. And then I got Zika two years ago. Wow. And I didn't believe... I couldn't believe of the symptoms I got after. The Zika virus is staying in my system at least for two or three months. And I lost, uh, I have a GPS in my head. Like I know where everything is. And I couldn't tell the doctor where I was or where I went to do my MRI two days before. So I lost cognitive uh, skills, I foggy brain. I mean, and I and I found some, some other... Um, health issues, uh, immune, uh, mm -hmm. autoimmune. autoimmune problems that I have. It, it was also like Lorena was saying, you don't believe you have this and you think you're going crazy and 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 people see you well, you're, you don't look sick. You don't look sick. And, and then you, you feel all these symptoms and you think you're going crazy. And, uh, but you don't look sick, but you feel... <laughs> so sick yeah. so it's it's very important to be yourself advocate and and go to different doctors and keep digging and mm -hmm. keep searching and non-stop no i mean nothing should stop your search until you feel this is the right direction in in your way for health or whatever decision you take in your life what have been your challenges elizabeth health challenges no I haven't had any major health challenges. I mean, probably the only thing is I had, well, I did have a major back surgery when I was 16. Wow. Uh, scoliosis. Mm -hmm. But I mean, everything was fine. The recovery was fine. I haven't had anything major. But like I was sharing, I mean, I have had my grandmother, she's had, she had a car accident that she, as a result, had 30 surgeries and it still has issues with it. So I find it important to hear your story, your st story, yours and yours. So like you were saying, when something comes up, you think you're going crazy. And for me, I'm arming myself that when something happens, I know to listen to my gut and something, I mean, inevitably it's going to happen with myself or someone in my family. So, but I think that's important that so many people have these stories with being misdiagnosed or something going wrong and they don't listen to their gut. So, Renu, I also am interested to hear your take on issues, health issues that are that are inherited because and again, using myself as an example, mm -hmm. until my cardiac thing, mm -hmm. uh I didn't you know, you go to the doctor, they ask you your health history, maternal, paternal, and I just kind of, yeah, 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 and I fill it out. But I never really understood the importance that that plays in your own health. Can you speak to that in your experience, um, how much you see that and, and, and just in your learnings, how, um, what you can tell us about that? Of course, now very interested in it because my father has a lot, you know, has cardiac issues. And interestingly, my brother and I both have had some element of it. Did you know your dad had those? Well, he didn't have the same. Well, he actually developed the same issue I had, but much later. Okay. So, but he, you know, had had other type of cardiac issues. So I'm, I don't know. I'm curious to hear about that. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's the, the the scientific medical way to look at it because we do know that's why they ask you your history, right? They ask mm -hmm. you, um, I think from this medical viewpoint, knowing your history 
you know, let's say you have a Parkinson gene in your family, doesn't mean that you will get it. And there are things you can, because those genes, those genetic inherited, you know, we're talking about the genetic, the DNA itself contains those tendencies. Um, you can stave off some of these things through good eating, good, you know, all of that stuff. So I think that it's not, it's not predetermined. Most medical disorders are not pre-set just because your your ancestors had it. From the astrological perspective, I think we go a lot deeper because we're not just looking, for example, looking at whether it's adrenals or heart, we're looking mm -hmm. more at that chakra, that region. Mm -hmm. So I would be more interested, um, you know, uh, for you, I'd be more interested to learn more about what is in your family history around the chest, the breast, the the heart, the pain, the... Usually you will see, honey, I mean, usually you will see maternal, maybe one generation, many generations ago, a uh, child was orphaned or not with their mother because that those those issues then from medical astrology perspective end up in the heart, breast, chest area, mm -hmm. you know, asthma. These, so, so we look at it a little bit differently, mm -hmm. but in terms of just simply answering the genetic side, we are... Who we are are just a makeup of our ancestors. And if, if an amoeba gives birth, it gives birth to an amoeba. You know, it doesn't give birth to a mm -hmm. to a, a bird. In yeah. the same way, <laughs> we are genetically responsible for our ancestry, and I call it genetic debts. So certain, it's uh, like a you like the baggage, right? Yeah, you have genamina, you know, and I have particularly in my family. I come from a long generation of worry warts. Um, my grandmother, the grandmother, you know, all the women, we all have the same body shape, small hips, upper tops. You know, that's genetic, but we have all have serious digestive, congenital health issues. I do think, though, one interesting thing that I think to note is that if your parents had it at 60, we are all getting it at 30. So that is changing very rapidly because of the environment we live in. So I think it's a very complex question, but... You know, but doesn't that go against people living longer, though? So if your parents are having things <laughs> when right. they're older and we're getting them younger, how are we living longer? Well, there are some interesting studies now that are saying that we are actually beginning to, we are now the generation that's going to live, in the next generation is going to live shorter. Oh. So I think living longer is just prolonging life. It's not necessarily living healthier. Quality, yeah. But we are more exposed. Um, uh, you know, there's certain... The mutation, the things that I look for genetically when it comes to um, to health, more most importantly, is the sector of the sky, which called Virgo and the sixth house, which is where a lot of the diseases come. I look for certain genetic uh, tendencies to not. I don't know. You may have heard of the MTHFR genetic mutation, where you don't absorb folic acid. Those things are inherited. Now, how they end up in your in you, I don't think it's a, so direct that if they had heart disease, you will have it. But I think the most important thing to remember always is um, that we are we are an amalgam of our ancestry. We don't have a choice. I do a lot of work with constellation therapy, not the way it works traditionally, simply because it's one of the few therapies that recognizes that you are not alone in your head. Mm -hmm. There are all your ancestors three, are living, uh, Lulu, living in there. Lulu, Yuni, and I did the um, through Iliana the, yeah, the yeah. constellation therapy, and I do agree with you that there, there's this inherited uh, behavior yeah. that you don't know where it mm -hmm. comes from, but you have it. You have it, and you are responsible for memories that you don't even have those experiences. So let's say, you know, your father or your mother had a certain or grandmother had a certain experience. And we know today through the science of epigenetics, which I talk a lot about in my work, is that we are responsible for up to, to four to five generations of particularly trauma and good things too. You know, a lot of the things that you have, the blessings we have, the, the, in, the great intellect, I mean, all that has been well studied in science. This, if you look at the science of epigenetics, these genes get turned off and on. But I think back to self-knowledge, we say in the Indian scriptures that all karma can be destroyed in the ashes of knowledge. Knowledge is very important. So having the knowledge of your health and taking care of your digestive body, 
perhaps you may not have had this, even though you have the genetic predisposition. That's the way that I approach astrology. That's the way I approach destiny, that sometimes you can't, the train's left the station. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, you know, like in my husband's case, the train was very, I mean, we were two days away, literally. It was a Monday and Thursday was the, it was a devastating um, procedure. They were going to do, you basically need, you know, all new organs after that. And the train had very close to left the station, but, you know, knowledge, knowledge of learning to read MRIs. I learned, My son had done his PhD postdoctorate work in <laughs> brain cancer research and the mistakes in MRIs. Ooh. Interesting. So I had wow. that background, too, because he, he was doing his postdoctorate work and all the mistakes that um, radiologists make in brain cancer mm -hmm. detection. Wow. He was trying to make an artificial intelligence machine to do that, right? So I knew that MRI mis make mistakes. That's knowledge. That's knowledge. But if you don't even know that, you don't yeah. go looking. You, you will never know. Free will. Yeah. Yes. And, and yeah, and it was it's really interesting what you're talking about, the information about the genes. I also got my my genes uh, test done and and I have the MTHFR yeah, gene. Join. All of us do here. Based on what we've been talking about, I can already tell. You can tell. Yes. yes. And then, yes, I learned. Scoliosis. Scoliosis is also related to MTHFR genetics. Yes. So it was very interesting to learn about myself through the genetic test. And you, like you said, you have to pay attention to the to those. And, and, and I also heard that through genes, we also get information like you were saying. It's, it's funny even how information travels from, from generation to generation. Even one of my kids that looks like my brother, he has this Called password. It's like, what? Why do you choose that password? He says, I don't know. I like, I like the number, and that's my brother's birth year. You wow. know, but and they look a lot alike, and it just came out of him. So I, they said, I read articles about the information travels that far, and also I don't know how they call it the psychopathologies too, mm -hmm. that sometimes we're not aware of. You know, all, like alcoholism. I mean, it it can that gene can travel in the family, and oh, it you, does. Yeah. And and you have to be aware of all these pathologies that you may not be aware in your family, that you might inherit and have it in your genes. That's why information is very very powerful. Thanks for listening to On My Way with Lorena Hunko Magain. We'd like to invite you to send us your thoughts and any questions from this podcast by emailing Lorena at LorenaHuncoMargain.com. You can also reach out to us directly through our website by clicking the link in the show description of this podcast. This podcast is a production of Terra Firma and recorded from the historic Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas. Special thanks to executive producer Casey Helmick, studio engineer Joseph Olkeen, audio and video editor Scott Caro, and our special guest featured in season one, including Renu Nanjashi. Renu Nanjashi.